Hey guys, welcome back. Here we are at Tech Tune-Up, finishing up the uh, week. And I'm your host, Paul Meeks, and we're brought exclusively to you by our friends at Benzinga. I'm here at uh, my headquarters of Har Harvest Portfolio Management here in the bayou in Charleston, South Carolina. You saw my cred. The thing that you need to know is I've been covering the tech sector, both private and public securities, for a very long time. I've seen it all. I don't BS. Some news I'll share will be positive and some, frankly, will be negative. You'll get some long ideas out of this show and also some sell or short ideas. But let's get to the stocks, will we? So first of all, I don't want to regurgitate the news, right? It's the end of the week. These companies have said what they're going to say. But I want to tell you the direction of what I think you should do. And also, sometimes individual stock data actually gives tells to not only the tech sector, but to the broader market. So I was a little bit disappointed, maybe more than a little bit disappointed with the results this week of one Palo Alto Networks. Some people think that this is the kingpin stock in cybersecurity. And yes, it was. And yes, even though the stock was down 28% this week on its result, the stock is still up a hell of a lot from a year ago. But remember my cockroach theory. When the company announced their earnings, they missed expectations. They lowered guidance. And this is not the first time. They did the same thing a quarter ago. So now we not only had one roach, now we have two roaches. And based on the cockroach theory, there might be more negative surprises to come. Be very wary. Do not buy on a dip Palo Alto Networks. You want to play in cybersecurity. I much prefer CrowdStrike, which is ticker symbol CRWD. Be very aware of what's going on in what I call fintech. We had a consolidation in the credit card business this week where Capital One entered into a merger deal with Discover Consolidation. I will tell you this, some of the best tech stocks, at least over the last several years, have been fintech plays, particularly payment processors in credit cards. I have owned for a very long time and have done extremely well with both Visa and MasterCard. Make sure that you consider them. I think they're tech leaders. Next news is Toast. Toast is unfortunately toast after its conference call this past week for its quarterly results. And this is a company. It's not a household name. You may not know it, but they make software that is actually used by restaurants for scheduling and other things. I'm not really worried about that per se. What I am worried about is this a tell that the U.S. economy will slow down because customers are reining in their spending and going to restaurants less. Could be a tell, could really be a tell. Let's keep an eye on it. Next is Amazon. I mentioned this last week, always be cautious when senior executives are selling their shares, regardless of how much they're glamorizing their company on television and other public statements. So our buddy Jeff Bezos uh, sold over $8 billion of Amazon. And I, you know what? That's uh, probably not that much for him, but still, that is a major sale. And these guys always tell you that there's some kind of broader strategic reason 
why they're selling their stock. You know what it is? The reason is very tactical. The stock price is too high. Uh, next, I thought this was a very interesting announcement this week. You may recall that the Biden administration pushed through Congress, which passed a law about a year or so ago, the CHIPS Act, where we're trying to bring back the manufacture of semiconductors from abroad, particularly in Asia, to the United States. And unfortunately, there have been all kinds of regulatory hurdles as to why they couldn't disperse the money a year or two later. But now they finally forked out the first billion dollar plus to a U.S. company called Global Foundries, ticker symbol GFS. They don't make the world's most advanced semiconductors. They make leading or sorry, lagging edge semiconductors that you'll find in Internet of Things applications, particularly automobile. So I don't really think this is uh, that big of a deal. Uh, Global Foundries is never going to be uh, anyone's leader of anything. But it is good to see that after a long last, we're going to try to repatriate some of this Asian semiconductor manufacturing back to the States. But here's one of the issues I have. We will spend over $50 billion doing this, supporting U.S. semiconductor manufacturer. But you know who is going to lead the way? Yes, we will have manufacturing facilities in the States, but they're not going to be American. We'll have global foundries, GFS, as I mentioned. You'll have Intel and you'll have Micron, which is the leading U.S. memory chip maker. But most of the money will be spent and given to Taiwan Semiconductor of Taiwan and Samsung of South Korea. And they are the dominant players in semiconductor manufacturer. And yeah, maybe they'll hire a few Americans. The problem is with these U.S. semiconductor facilities, it's not just tons of money needed to build these fabs. It's also they have to have the right engineering talent. And unfortunately, we don't graduate these people from schools here. And for example, Taiwan Semiconductor is building a huge fab in the Phoenix, Arizona area. And it's going to be delayed, not because of dollars and cents, not because of funding, because they can't find the engineering talent. So at the end of the day, I know 50 billion sounds like a lot. It's actually not a lot at all. It's not really going to make a dent in worldwide semiconductor capital equipment spending. And of course, we have another block, which is the lack of semiconductor talent here in the United States. I thought another interesting story this week was about SpaceX. And SpaceX is Elon Musk's space company and announced a pretty interesting and fairly large contract for its Starshield service, which is essentially putting satellites up in the sky for U.S. spy agencies. I'm not a fan of uh, Musk's investment in Tesla. I think Tesla may have peaked. Tesla is a stock that's already down 35% from uh, the summer. Two years ago, it was down 65% in one year. That was 2022. But if you're going to invest in Elon Musk, he's an absolute nut job, but he is a visionary. Uh, when SpaceX goes public, and it will, it's a private company now, they have some interesting things going on. And let's keep an eye on this product in which they are working with the Department of Defense, working with the spy agencies to put satellites up in the sky. That is a better 
Elon Musk investment long-term than I think Tesla ever will be. Uh, next in the news, Ford. Ford is a company, obviously legacy car manufacturer, that recently uh, pulled back its spending on EVs, electric vehicles. It looks like that market's starting to slow down. That's bad for everybody, including Ford and Tesla. But what they're doing is pivoting the company, pivoting the EV strategy, which I think is interesting. And you'll see more of this from other legacy manufacturers that they are going to focus on what they call their pro business, which is software uploads, software-based functionality for their commercial fleet and their government fleet. Maybe they won't even attack Musk and company through the consumer market. It could be an interesting departure for Ford. And maybe that's the way that Ford makes money and others make money in electric vehicles. And so I will tell you that there's a couple of other stories. Uh, Reddit, you guys might know Reddit, right? It's a social media site. Um, they're going to have a IPO pretty soon, initial public offering. I always get asked about uh, companies uh, who are having IPOs because people will say, Paul, should I call up my broker and try to participate in the IPO? Typically, you guys, if you're a retail investor, you're not going to get allocated those shares because they're allocated institutions. And if they allocate them to you, you probably don't want to be in that club because that's a bad club. So I will tell you this. I would avoid uh, Reddit. Let's see if this thing is the real deal. Let's get a couple of quarters as a public company under our belt to see if it's legit. Now, they did last week mention that they are going to receive a licensing fee for their data from Google to the tune of $60 million a year. How profitable that is, I don't know. But I will tell you this. Remember Robinhood from several years ago? That stock went public in 21 with a lot of uh, hoopla. I think it was $38 per share, that IPO. Well, today that stock has been cut more in half. And that's even over that period in which the S&P 500 is rocketed. So do not do Reddit until you make sure that it's not another Robin Hood. I thought this was very interesting. Back to Amazon and not just Jeff Bezos selling of his shares, but Amazon replaced Walgreens in the Dow Jones Industrial Average this week. And first of all, I applaud that. I'm a tech guy, right? I've been uh, a shareholder of Amazon for years and years and years and years, almost since the beginnings in the mid-90s. But I will tell you this, and this is uh, very important. When I'm on television and I'm on other networks a lot, I'm sometimes asked about the Dow Jones Industrial Average. You guys, throw away this index. This is a bullshit index. If you're a tech investor, think about the NASDAQ. If you follow the broader markets, prefer the S&P 500. Here's a couple of problems with the Dow Jones Industrial Average. First of all, it was created in 1896, right? That was a long, long time ago. Next, it has only 30 stocks. That's why they call it the Dow Jones 30. That is way too concentrated. No diversification there. No surprise with the old man's index, the uh, membership of these 30 names is skewed to some really old industries. Think about a lot of companies that are in the flyover states between the east and west coast of the United States. And these are industrial and manufacturing companies. There is not enough tech. And in the 21st century, 
the market is really driven by tech stocks. Like, for example, in the S&P 500, tech and communication services stocks. Those are your social media companies like Alphabet and Meta. They comprise 40% of the weight of the S&P 500. They comprise less than half of that in the Dow. And that's a travesty for the Dow because these companies dominate American business. And then the last thing I will say about this is the Dow is what we call a price weighted index. You get a bigger percentage weight in the Dow by having the highest stock price, not the highest stock valuation, just the stock price bit. Super incomplete. And here's the result. Of the 30 companies in the Dow, which should be America's foremost companies, just because it has the highest stock price, the number one company in the land, according to the Dow Jones Industrial Average, is a health insurance company called United Health, 9% weight. What? It's not Apple? Are you kidding me? It's not Microsoft? Are you kidding me? And then I guess my follow-on tidbit, of the seven, and unfortunately only seven companies that comprise the Dow Jones Industrial Average, they're not even the right tech companies. We have some 1990s darlings like Intel, IBM, and Cisco Systems. Yes, they were leading technology companies. Spoiler alert, 20 to 30 years ago. So too few tech companies, and they don't even have the right ones. Dow Jones, when I'm on the air and they ask me about this index, I try to avoid the question. It is absolutely useless. Um, of course, this is the uh, big news of the week. Everybody knows that uh, NVIDIA kicked ass, right? There were very high expectations, a lot of anxiety going into the report on Wednesday night. Everybody knows what happened. Here's a couple of tells that you probably haven't thought of or haven't heard from somebody else. Why is this run in the stock going to uh, continue? First of all, no surprise with the great news. On Thursday, the stock was up 16%. But today, Friday, it is up even more. Not surprising you have a knee-jerk reaction with the stock up or down after a quarterly report. But if it's good news like it was here, and then it continues on for day two, that would be very good. The other thing I thought was interesting is, here's what happens in artificial intelligence. You build out your large language models and NVIDIA has the GPOs, GPUs or the chips to do that. But there were some people saying, Paul, once everybody builds their AI infrastructure, is that the end for NVIDIA? They mentioned on the call, and this is interesting, in their data center revenues, which is where AI is buried, which really drives the company, 40% of those revenues last quarter were from inference, which is the next step of the AI build out. So it's not just step one, NVIDIA's in and out. It looks like they're going to be a major player in inference, which is step two. That makes me think that the runway of opportunity for NVIDIA is much longer than people originally thought. I think that this could be the semiconductor and tech darling for a couple years yet. The other thing that's interesting is other plays in the ecosystem. I made a great call just a week ago in the middle of the show, live on air. I uh, noticed that Supermicro, SMCI, 
which is in the NVIDIA entourage. They make uh, servers and storage for data centers to power AI apps. That stock on Friday while I was talking was down 20% on anxiety that NVIDIA would fumble the ball this week. So I recommended that stock on the show a week ago at $800 a share. NVIDIA kicked ass. SMCI went up in uh, sympathy. And by Thursday, that call I made at 800, four days later, $1,000 a share or up 25%. That is why you watch Tech Tune-Up because you're getting some real-time intel that's actionable, not marketing spin. The other thing I think is quite interesting is a number of those uh, ESG companies announced their results this week. Uniformly bad. ESG, right? This is what the millennials want to invest in. Environmental, social, governance. Don't give me crude oil. Give me solar power, that sort of thing. All these companies suck. All these companies might be doing the right thing for mankind, but they're uninvestable business models. They don't make any money. And so there were a number of them, including a company called uh, Solar Edge, another one called Sonova. When they announce their results, their stocks are down 20, 30, 40%. If you want to be an ESG investor and do the right thing, get a job at a nonprofit, right? Do it in your professional life that way. Uh, do it in your personal life. Do not do it in your investing life. Bad move, bad move. And you know that I don't even like the standard bearer of ESG, the electrical vehicle company, Tesla. And then there's a couple of other companies that uh, unfortunately are companies that came to the dance during the pandemic that now are suffering because they didn't have another leg to their growth story once the pandemic ended. A company called uh, Ring Central was one. Remember our buddies at Peloton years ago, stock went through the roof. Nobody could go to the gym. Everybody got the damn Peloton bike. Then everybody went back to the gym and Peloton went to the floor, may even be a bankrupt uh, bankruptcy candidate at this point. Last, I've talked about how I was very worried uh, in semiconductors that are these Internet of Things, analog devices, microcontrollers. These are semiconductors that don't go into AI servers. They go into cars. And analog devices, which is a quality company, really well run, fumbled the ball last week. And I'm absolutely right. These companies are the, with customers in the auto business, these are the ones you want to avoid in that semiconductor industry within the tech sector. So next, let's get into uh, some of the uh, tech trends. Yeah, so the key thing here is continues to be the macro. Remember, I told you it's the 80-20 rule. 80% of the movement in a tech stock or any other aggressive growth stock is not based on the cool things they're doing in artificial intelligence, capturing today's correct theme. It's really about interest rates. And we're going to have another show before this is announced. But our central bank, the Federal Reserve Board, will be announcing their rate cut, their rate increase, or doing nothing with rates 
and they have a meeting on March 19, 20, what they typically do day two of the meeting, that would be March 20th at about 2 p.m. Eastern time, they will announce the move. I think what happens, and I'm a little bit worried about uh, tech in the near term, is they are going to signal that they are going to pivot to uh, lower rates after raising them essentially nonstop for two years. They're going to do that uh, more slowly than folks thought, and they're going to delay the first move longer than people thought. You guys, that is the biggest risk to tech investing in 2024. It has zero to do with uh, anything else. But I tell you that what will happen is tech stocks will go up and down based on the consensus view on how fast we go from what we call tight monetary policy in this country with higher interest rates to lower interest rates, which we call easy or accommodative policy. So stocks will go up and down. And so if we have some good fundamental stories, particularly those that uh, have embraced AI, like super micro, like uh, NVIDIA, we're going to get a chance, even though they're clean stories, to buy them on dips. So keep an eye. We had uh, a boom in tech stocks in the fall of 23, essentially to the beginning of 24. Then we had a little bit of a reversal. But now uh, tech stocks, particularly after Wednesday's news with NVIDIA, have a breath of life again. It's going to be very volatile. I'm going to be here to guide you. I will tell you what to buy or sell, not with any delay, but in real time on the show, like I did last week with Supermicro, making you 25% in four days. So next, let's take a look at uh, my favorites. So Guys, you shouldn't expect this list to change much. I told you uh, as we go through the tech favorites that I like CrowdStrike and cybersecurity over Palo Alto Networks. Palo Alto Networks uh, screwed up this week. And I thought their reasoning or their explanation on the quarterly conference call that they hosted for missing the numbers and guiding the rest of the year lower was a bit disingenuous, right? Companies always want to uh, position it that if they had a financial struggle, it's transitory, right? It's not permanent. Because if it's permanent, maybe their stock should be worth zero. But I thought uh, the CEO's comments, the CFO's comments about uh, moving to a new business model for their cybersecurity software suite was dicey, disingenuous, didn't ring true. So in that space, Get out of Palo Alto Networks, even though it was down 28% in one day. It may now look like it's a buying opportunity into CrowdStrike. I like Micron, the leader in semiconductor memory. They are going to announce their results uh, on March 20th. Look forward to a positive surprise there and a reiteration of a nice turnaround in their business. There's T-Mobile. Next, we have Alphabet. Alphabet sometimes does not get the credit deserves an AI because Microsoft has got a much better PR machine. I will tell you this. I own Microsoft for its AI capabilities. At the end of the day, even though you think today Alphabet is fumbling the ball on AI, they are not. When we get through this uh, build of AI applications next couple of years on the other side, 
Alphabet will be as big a powerhouse in AI as Microsoft or anybody else. Don't forget it. Unfortunately, they've kind of screwed up the at least the public relations portion of any AI launch. I like Meta, right? I like uh, Meta and Alphabet because they are digital advertising models, which in technology land is about the most profitable model known to mankind. I guess right now only NVIDIA's got a higher margin. But digital advertising should continue to be robust as long as the U.S. does not enter recession. I don't think it will. And also, as we, no surprise, will have more and more and more digital ads as we prep for the election of our next president in November. Amazon, I continue to like, not for the e-commerce business, but for Amazon Web Services, because Amazon Web Services is cloud infrastructure that will be more and more heavily leaned on by companies that are pushing AI. Synopsis proved me right. Great quarter last week. These guys make the software that semiconductor designers use. And they recently announced a what I thought was a great acquisition of a company called Ansys to essentially double or maybe even more their uh, market opportunity. Synopsis, great company. Next, I told you the story of NVIDIA. After that, we got uh, Supermicro. Listen to me last week. You made $200 a share before we even got to Friday. And I would say that two companies that had been on my tech favorites list that I've dumped recently because I didn't like what they said on their quarterly conference calls. One is Booking. Booking is the travel company. Uh, Expedia, which is their competitor, announced kind of a rough quarter before book, Booking got to its results. I should have listened to the industry tell because Booking is a much better run company than Expedia. But unfortunately, it looks like they're both being bit in the ass by the same secular issue. So Booking with missing a quarter, you don't have to uh, give me too much evidence. A company misses a quarter, I'm out almost always. So Booking is out. And the other one is Mercado Libre, M-E-L-I, you might have seen on last uh, week's list. This is an e-commerce company in South America. Now, the company is headquartered in Uruguay, but it does business in Argentina. And as you may know, Argentina just elected a new president, and he is a nut job, a populist, and really shaking things up. And when you have that global instability I don't know if we can own Melly. So that impacted their quarter that they announced this week in a negative way. And I was O-U-T out. The last one on the list, which is an addition this week, is a call center software company. It's Israeli. It's called uh, NICE. N-I-C-E is the ticker symbol. Now, the thing that I'm a little bit worried about is it's Israeli headquarters. But on the other hand, it uh, does business all over the globe. And they had a really nice quarter this past week and uh, upbeat guidance and they are in the right trend of all things AI. So I would consider nice, even though it's not as well known as NVIDIA or some of the AI stalwarts, but that is a pretty good company. So a new one on the list this week. Nice. I jettisoned Melly, right? And uh, we are moving on from booking.com as well. But again, I'll tell you, and I'll always uh, call it as I see it, because I don't have any investment bank telling me what I can or cannot say, as I did earlier in my career. So 
I will tell you that we've been through the dialogue, right? We had our uh, stocks. We talked about some tech trends. We talked about some tells. And we also uh, went through some of the trends, which, again, I know it sounds boring to you, but the thing to watch for tech investing is the level of interest rates. It's more important than any technology-oriented thing. So before we go, I did receive a uh, reach out from a loyal follower, loyal subscriber. Her name is Kathy. It looks like she's in Saratoga Springs, New York. And she asked about SoundHound, SoundHound AI specifically, ticker symbol S-O-U-N. Now, this is kind of interesting. SoundHound has been a pretty much unspectacular company. It loses gobs of money, but it did get a, a big boost last week when uh, NVIDIA, which is like a blessing from God, announced that they're going to invest $3.7 million in SoundHound. You guys, I will tell you this, okay? 3.7 sounds like a lot, not a lot. I think uh, NVIDIA is just covering all of its bases and giving a bit of dough to everybody. And also, NVIDIA originally invested in the company in 2017. So this is a follow-on investment. And uh, they didn't time this right because this has been a pig since they originally invested in the company. Here's a stock that trades at $3 plus per share. Academic research will tell you that when a stock trades below 5 there's a very high probability it ain't coming back above five. As I said at the outset, the company's losing money. It's up just based on the smoke and mirrors with this NVIDIA investment, which isn't really material at all. If SoundHound rises, I would sell it. And if you uh, don't own it, I consider even shorting that stock. So that's it for today. Uh, that's it for this week. Stay tuned. We got lots of action coming. Give us some feedback, man. Tell me what you want to hear. I'll deliver the mail. Also, uh, make sure that you like at the bottom of your screen the program. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to Benzinga Pro, which has a cool suite of tools and content. And make sure that uh, you look at our channel. So I will tell you this. I'm Paul Meeks. I'm going to say goodbye to you. And I also thank our director, Aaron Thomas, all my buddies at Benzinga. You come back every Friday, 2 o'clock Eastern, and we will give you actually not just some uh, tech insights, but we'll hopefully entertain you. So anyway, we'll see you next week.